have easily said, listen, we have Target, we have our digital storefront, we're good. But you wanted a physical storefront. Talk to us about what that does for your brand. It's all about community. Wanted to do um, voter registrations and we want to have community events where we can come and just hang out and just offer wine and be like, come wine and shop with us. When you have an in-person conversation that goes on for 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, you learn so much about why customers are reaching for our brand. And that is like invaluable information information that we can't get from anywhere else. Like we trust the opinion of our community over everything else. You're listening to Moneda Moves, a podcast where we cover the intersection of money and cultura. I'm your host, Leon Alfaro, a Latina award-winning journalist, producer, and strategist. On this podcast, I will highlight stories illustrating Latinx relationships with money, our contributions, and role in the American economy. Here, we'll increase transparency around the netto issues and achievements of our community, as well as that of our POC peers, to inspire you to pursue your own financial poder. Join me bi-weekly as we cover stories with our community's front and center alongside dinero experts, entrepreneurs, and innovators. No te lo quieras perder. ¿Qué tal, mi gente? It's your host, Leanne, and you're listening to the Last Moneda Moves episode of 2022. To close out the season, we're featuring a staple Latina brand near and dear to my heart that we followed for years, the iconic apparel and accessories company, Genzano Designs. Their Texas-based founders and couple Jen and Verozano are community builders at their core, having engaged their family, friends, and locals in their business as they bootstrapped on their way to a historic Target debut earlier this year. A bit of background on JZD and what it stands for. You may have seen their work via Jessica Alba or Jenna Ortega, who have both worn their work, or their relatable, empowering, and witty designs that echo phrases ingrained in Latinate culture. Think poderosa, vibras bonitas. Chingona. Having created their renowned Latina power design in 2014 and launching as an Etsy store, they were far from an overnight success. But what they did do was learn how to lean on each other, harness the power of their community as they expanded their social media, sales, and quite literally prepared to land in a retailer like Target this year during Latinx Heritage Month. So today we speak with founders about the reflections on their journey here and taking bigger bets on their business every single year. As we enter the thick of the holidays and sala season, aka dressing your best for the living room parties, we're also thinking about how to spend our moneda mindfully. You can bet today's featured entrepreneurs have a holiday gift guide. You can see their gift guide at shopjzd.com and also linked in the show notes. Felicidades, Jen and Vero. Now onto the interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did, mi gente, and I will see you back here in 2023. Hello, Moneda Moves listeners, and welcome back to a very special episode. Today, we are interviewing the two masterminds behind JZD, Jen and Veronica Seano. They have created this incredible brand that now is a part of Target, and I had a pleasure meeting you several years ago. It's so great to be reunited in this way. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. We're so excited. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're, we're hyped about this. As am I, as am I. And 
this episode in particular will publish right before the holidays. So oh. I'm really excited to share with everyone that not only you're part of Target, but you have e-commerce presence. You also have a storefront. How amazing <laughs> is that? Um, and in Target in particular, now you're uh, alongside another few uh, Latina-owned brands like Rizos Curls, Luna Magic, Bloomy. So talk to me a little bit about what landing in Target as a milestone means to you. Yes. When when we first realized or learned that we were actually going to be at Target, that was one of the conversations that we had that we literally were sitting in so much joy and gratitude of saying like, we're going to be next to these incredible brands whose journeys we've been following and have been fans of for so long. Right. So it was such a privilege to be able to do that alongside them. And they're all incredible founders. Like we've followed their journey for so long now. So it, that was definitely a highlight of the entire experience to know that. And then overall, this whole target journey has been incredible. It has been more than we ever imagined. Like we, I mean, we knew about this for about a year before it happened. That's a long time to keep a secret. <laughs> a very long time. I don't know how to keep secrets. I literally... Well, that's why you wouldn't see me on stories and stuff because I was like, I can't keep this in. It's so much excitement yeah. and like the whole process was so new to us. We didn't really know. We didn't know what we didn't know. So mm -hmm. when we were going through all these things, because we're always so open with our followers, I was like, I want to talk to them and I want to tell them what I'm going through and the things that I'm learning, you know? So it was really hard at first to really keep it a secret, but yeah. But I mean, we would have conversations and we would like kind of dream and imagine and ask each other, like, what do you think is going to happen? And what if this happens and what if that happens? And the aftermath was beyond what we thought. Yeah. Like it, we could not have dreamed up everything that happened, all the attention, the press, the media, and also most importantly, the reaction of our community was mm. incredible and mind-blowing and of course we we wanted that and we were hoping for that but we didn't know and so when we posted and we made it live seeing how happy they were and, and hearing our community say things like this is our win as well mm. and i'm proud of you because i feel like i've been on this journey with you like that was the best part of it all it, it sharing that with them and of course, it's their one as well, because without them, the brand would not really exist. Yeah. So that was the best part, I think, of the entire journey of Target. Yeah. And I've read uh, in news articles how much you've, and I see it too, right, online, how much you've nurtured your social media community through both of your presences there. Um, and you've really been vulnerable and been open to your audience. I think I want to give our podcast listeners a sense of who you two are too. I mean, you are what we might call a power couple. <laughs> so let, let's, let's, let's get to see, let's get to meet Jen and Vero. Talk to us about how you work together to build JZD and how your roles shape up today. Jen initially was the one that worked a full-time job. Um, and I was unemployed. I was my last year to graduate college and she, I wasn't working and it was just her and I. So She's always been a hustler. So she used to make mugs just as a side hustle 
to get us by to have money for like ramen and eggs and stuff. <laughs> and then she got a big girl job. I graduated college. And after having her big girl job for a little bit, she was like, you know what? This isn't really my jam. I really want to do what I, what my heart, what makes me happy. And I was like, well, I have a big girl job now. And I think it's my turn to take care of the family. So you follow your dreams and we'll live off my paycheck. Mm. So for two years, I only was a part-time employee of JZD. And it was all her. She laid down the foundation of JZD. She did all the work. She put it all together. And then she brought it to me two years later and was like, babe, here, I have this baby that I built. <laughs> Quit your job. Wow. Quit your job because if we really want this to be what we're dreaming of and what I know we can do, it needs both of us. Were we ready for me to quit my big girl job? No. <laughs> we needed that paycheck. Like that paycheck was what was helping us live. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in everything that you're doing. I know that you're talented. I know you've never steered me wrong. So we're going to do it. I'm going to put, I'm going to bet on us. And then I quit my job and then she was my boss. From then on out, that's what we've been doing. And I think that the reason why it works out so well is because we both know what our jobs are. When we take a look in your company, what are the roles that you handle? What are your strengths that you lean into? We defined my role as more of a creative role and her role as more of a financial operations, operations manager. <laughs> so now she is the head of operations and I'm the head of creative and overall like decisions on products and all that. Um, and so now that we have the storefront, we've divided that even further because we technically have two teams because we have two locations. So we have like our production where we manufacture everything in the warehouse. So mm -hmm. that's her responsibility. So she makes sure that the products that I'm like dreaming up come to life the way that I want them to. And then making sure that those orders are going out to the customers, the quality of the product. And then I am in the shop on this other side, maintaining, you know, the, the product design, the pitch decks, the communications with businesses and customers, and then the running of the physical location that we have in our town. In terms of being placed in Target, you now are available to 1500 stores nationwide, in addition to your e-commerce presence, in addition to your storefront presence, that's quite <laughs> the reach. So I want to know how you have expanded your team and how that ladders up to each of you, because I also read that you work with your family, which I think is super yeah. interesting and something that perhaps a lot of us had thought of, but maybe not leaned into. Yes, it has been a adventure to grow our team. And as the business has grown and also as we've imagined it to grow and as we've planned for it to grow, we have put people in position to help us reach that goal. My mom used to work as a paraprofessional for our school district. And mm -hmm. then I was alone with the business probably for a year. And then my mom was like having a hard time in, in the school. And I was like, you should quit. You should come help me. 
Mm. And so she did. How did she react to that? She was the, I'm an only child. She was ecstatic. Like she wants to be with me oh. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she she loves, loves me. It was a treat. It was a treat for her. Yes, <laughs> she yes. was so happy about it. And my dad was happy about it because obviously like she was going to be happy spending time with me. And we had like all of this Mind quality you. alone time because it was just her and I. Mind you, this was free labor. Oh yes, there was. Oh wow. No okay, okay. Way. We're bootstrapping. Yeah. We're for real putting our yeah. boots slicing up. Okay. No <laughs> we're gonna be able to afford to be like, oh, here you go, Mary. Yes. No way. We didn't pay her for a while. Um, she did it out of the kindness of her heart and because she believed, believed in me. Really, essentially, like I would tell her, like I don't, I should go back to work. Like I don't know if I'm on the right path. And she was like, Si tú quieres, tú puedes. Y yo sé que tú mm. puedes. And so she was always like a cheerleader for me. So then my mom was already a part of the team. And then we got the warehouse and we hired Liz. And Liz has known me since I was in diapers. Actually, since I was in my mom's stomach. Like my mom, she, she has known me my whole life. Um, She is my aunt's cousin. So she's not like blood related, but she's still family. Like family, family, friends. Yes, family. Like, they're basically family. family. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, we're together at all the carne asadas, holiday parties, mm. everything. So she was our first hire. And then after maybe like a couple of months, she was like, oh, like my son needs a job. I don't know. You know, he doesn't know what, where he's going. And I was like, we can, we have a spot for him. And so we hired him. And so I have known Santi since he was in diapers because he's way younger than me. And so we hired him who, again, has always been like family because I've known him my whole life or his mm -hmm. whole life. Um, and then after that, we hired her brother because again, like he was working a full-time job at Walmart, but he was like, Hey sis, like if you ever need help, um, I would love to be a part of it. And so we were like, we oh, all wow. So your family's throwing down your family's like, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm mean, here. The same with, with her mom and her dad, my yeah. brother as well would come on and off and yeah. also be free labor for at a little first. bit at first and then i was like well you guys are working kind of hard like we should try to figure out a way that we can give you some sort of money because at, we were still trying to figure out like is this something that we can really do like have employees having employees is scary yeah it's really scary because you got to pay them like I, they're not going to wait for you if you're not going to pay, pay them. them when they're supposed to get paid so yeah, yeah so then we officially hired chava her brother and then who was next? And then my dad retired. My dad's a teacher or was a teacher and he retired. Well, actually he early retired because I was like, you can come work for us. <laughs> the circle just kept expanding. Yes. So for you did it always, let me ask you, because now I've heard that it's just like, it's like a ripple effect. Like, yes. was it natural to just hire family and conocidos, like people that you knew, like, did it just come as something like natural to you? Yes, absolutely. I think that both Beto and I are wholeheartedly invested in the business. Like it is our baby. It is our everything. It's we eat, breathe everything, this business. And so it was, it just so, it was just so natural because I loved it. My mom loved it and my dad mm -hmm. loves it and her brother loves it. And then, you know, we brought on Liz who she's known me my whole life. So she wants me to succeed. And 
And so everybody ends up loving it so much that they invest themselves so heavily. And I think that has been such a factor in us being able to grow because they are like ride or die. Like our team members are like ride or die. Like when I tell them, and I always, every time we bring somebody on, we always tell them, if you want to grow in this company, let me know. And I will invest time and money to help you grow so that you grow with us. Like I don't want it's never our intention to bring on people that are just going to be here for a little bit and then want to leave. Like we want you to stay with yeah, us this and, isn't and we want you to job. grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We definitely want them to grow with us, especially when it's people that we like know and care about. Like that's what we want, right? We want to keep them close. So it just came so naturally because we realized they loved it as much as we did and they care about it as much as we do. Well, did it feel like a jump to make the hire from like, oh, I'm hiring families and people that people that I know to like, oh, I'm hiring an agency. And what did you kind of have to like vet for? It was a scary decision. And I think to this day, it's like top three scary things that we've done and and scary leaps that we've taken because it was working with people that we had never met that weren't familiar with the brand at all multiple meetings before we like said okay i was against she was super hesitant like super hesitant and i kept saying like this is our next step like if we want to prepare for these things if we want to land retail positions like we want to go get our products into target we can't do it by ourselves and i started to really kind of embrace the fact that i didn't know everything and that that was okay and that i needed to ask for help for things that I didn't know. And so it kind of became like a trend for me where I was like, okay, I need somebody smarter than me in this to help me with this. I'm not good at everything. I don't even have a background in business and I'm very aware of that. So if those areas I'm like, you know what? I cannot handle this. Let me seek somebody that can. We did it again when we were gonna launch at Target, Mm. we realized if we want to maximize on this, then we need to hire a PR. And so we brought on oh, Lizette wow. from Chic Influence. And I told you the same thing. I was like, I have no experience in PR. So I'm going to trust you fully with my baby because I know that you're smarter than me in this. And I mean, she freaking killed it. I mean, we got way more press and media than we could have, we could ever, have ever dreamed expected, of. Yeah. I, I saw you in Refinery29. Yeah. I saw you in local Texas, ABC, NBC affiliates and other national outlets. Yeah. Um, yeah, we that was absolutely NBC really news. It was huge. Incredible. Yeah. You know, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And lot. I want to give a big shout out because Lisette also booked our interview. So you're referring to Lisette Rios. <laughs> she founded Chic Influence. She's Southeast. She's incredible running at PR, doing what she does. But those are such gems, I feel like, for our community because everything that you're saying, like to hiring community for help, like leaning into community, leaning into your resources, and then taking these leaps of of faith, but also grounded in like business background, like being like, I need to take this leap in order to grow my business. Like all of that, I think are huge, huge learnings for our community. Um, especially when we're first, we don't have a blueprint, right? We don't have a roadmap to follow. And so we really need to be able to, yes, lean on our community, but also seek outside expertise. So these are such, such gems for people who are building. I want to shift a little bit to talk about um, when you were first approached by Target and how long you had to keep this secret for more yeah. than a 
year. So you were, I read that you were approached by the retailer about a year, more than a year ago, and yes. you created a pitch deck. And I yeah. know that pitch decks are super, super integral to pitching anything in business to make it happen. And so talk to us about your journey with the pitch deck in particular. What did you learn are the key ingredients to making a successful pitch deck? Yes, pitch decks are so important. It's and so important. <laughs> um, I've, first of all, I've learned that there is so many different versions to a pitch deck. And I think the thing that makes them most powerful is when you make that pitch deck your own and where you make the priority is you shining. Because at the end of the day, like this is how you pitch yourself without having to talk. It's like if anybody in the world were to see this document, they need to know that you're a rock star right. and they need to know that you can handle an order, whether that's for a retailer or whatever it is that you're pitching from that little deck, they have to know like, okay, they're the right person. They can handle the workload. They can tell the right story, you know, whatever it is that that project entails. Um, and then what is your strong point? And so when we were building out the deck, first of all, we didn't have experience building out a deck Not at all. Um, of that caliber, like to tell that story where we were like, okay, we are the right person for this project. Hmm. Um, so I think the biggest thing is telling your story in a way that anybody can read it and say, wow, this story relates to somebody and it has power. And so of course you want your product to shine. If you're a product-based business, you wanna be able to say like, this product is gonna sell at this retailer. But aside from that, your story needs to be at the front. And so for example, for our pitch deck, that's the very first thing on the pitch deck. This is our story and this is why we're the right people for this. And then you can go into your products because the first thing they're gonna see is you, like your brand, your story, why you started the brand, what is the why for the brand? And then they'll flip the page and see your products. But by the time they see the products, they're already gonna know why you created what you created. Because your your products more than likely will align in some way to your story. So if your story is like a little shining star, then they flip over, they see your products, and then it's like many little stars that are representative of what was on that first page. Um, so I think that is the most important thing is making sure that your story and your personality and your authenticity shines through on a piece of paper. Obviously in your pitch deck, you wanna include things like minimum orders and pricing and um, all of those things that go into if you're a product-based business. And so powerful that you say that because it speaks again to the power of story, um, which is like a big thesis statement for me. But I just think also for, for our generation, for all of us, when we're seeing so many firsts of uh, storytelling of diverse Latinos, Latines in, 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 in mass media, and this is really a chance to not just shine in, in mass media, but to shine in terms of your business, in terms of whatever legacy see you're creating and leaving for generations to come. So I think that's absolutely incredible. When it came to uh, 
landing at Target in the span of a year, what are all the other things that you needed to prepare for? I think that there's so many people that have that aspiration to land in like some sort of um, big retailer, especially one like Target. But talk to us a little bit about like, what were some of the, the, the most surprising things that you learned on that journey? First, you pitch your brand. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once they're like, okay, this brand is good, or at least this was the case for us. We pitched our brand. Um, and then they tell you, okay, this is what we're looking for. Um, I need these products. This is the story. Um, they give you the pal- color palette. Yeah. Tell us what, like create some stuff and then we'll meet again. So that's like your second pitch stick. And in our situation, they were like, okay, we need to see three t-shirts. Um, that's what we have allotted. Um, show us, you know, what you can. We pitched over 30. Hmm. They asked for three, but we were like, when are we going to be able to get our products in front of Target eyes again? Yep. Go big or go home. They asked for I love pair. that. We pitched apparel. We pitched stationery. We pitched jewelry. Home. We pitched home. We pitched kids. We pitched pets. We pitched every Everything. category. And we had a bunch of products. And we told the story on every single product. Like every single product. Because you have to present it, and we're like, this is why we created this. This is the story behind this product. This is why I think this will do great with our community. La 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 la. All the way down to every single product, we ended up getting thirteen products in from three that they had asked for. Um, we didn't know if that was the right call. We literally had like an entire two-hour meeting where we were like. Is this too is much? Is this too much? Like, should we not do 30 because they asked us for three? Like, are they going to be annoyed because we only were supposed to do apparel and we're doing mm. like apparel, home, pets, kids, like all these other things. And it goes back to this thing where you don't feel like you're deserving. Yeah. And it's the first mm. time that somebody's knocking at your door and you're like, well, I don't want to overstep. Yeah. I don't right. want to do too much. I don't want them to not invite me to the table again. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? So it was yeah, a really yeah, yeah. difficult time for Jen and I then because we were, I was like, babe, we have to give them everything. Yeah. And then she would jump on that train of being like, yeah, we, we should do that. And then I would be like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what if they get upset at us? And then she would jump on that. Like, we were just switching back and forth, like, of let's do it. Let's not do it. You know, yeah. but we you, have you to seize the opportunity. Team. Right. We have such a good team in Austin and they're honestly, they have so much experience and they were like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. They're going to tell us that we have to ask ourselves that a lot in like multiple situations. We were like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then another thing is like, we expected retail margins to be one way, but like retail is a whole other world and like learning how to navigate costs and making sure that it made sense and that there was like profitability there. And and the, it was just such a journey of discovering how to do things for retail. Because while we offer wholesale in, in our e-commerce, our wholesale is still being manufactured in-house. Like we are still screen printing and embroidering everything in-house. And it's very different when you have to price for retail because those margins are just not the same as e-commerce. And of course there's larger volume. So how do you handle larger volume and then the design process like when i'm designing for jzd it's just like i like it in pink and it's pink you know because i said it's pink 
when you're working on this with a retailer, like there's color palettes you have to stick to and there's message certain messages that they want to appeal to. And, you know, all of those things are a whole different experience that I had never gone through before. I loved it. I learned so much and it was incredible to work and see like, okay, I see what you're doing this, but I think this could be better. And I was like, wow, like I had never thought about it because I have been working on JZD for almost seven years now. So I'm like way deep in JZD. But when somebody comes in and looks at it from the outside and is able to give me a different perspective, like that's such a learning opportunity for me. So it was incredible. The design process, the, the manufacturing process, going through samples, um, how long it takes to produce for retail. I mean, here, if I want to, if I want like, if I want to say like, okay, let's print this t-shirt, like I can have it by tomorrow. I mean, you know? she's used to the good <laughs> life. She'll just be like, she'll look at the night before like, babe, do you, think, do you think that we can make this? And then, you know, the next day I'll show up to work and I'm like, boys, we have to make this new shirt and let me get one medium done so I can take it back to her and let's see if she likes it. And we get You're it used to the, to the jet ski life, right? Yeah, Versus like right. the big uh, boat. <laughs> No, yes. and that's 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 the beauty of it. There's so many gems in, in everything that you just shared, and I and, and I just hark back to what you said, Jen, earlier in the interview too, which is that your story is like a shining star. And I love the narrative of like Target asking you for three and you giving them thirty, <laughs> because if you're gonna be a star, you might as well shine as bright <laughs> as yep. you can. You know, yep. um, it's 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 such an incredible um, leap of faith. Um, uh, such an, an an incredible way to think about it too. The worst that they can say is no, we didn't we didn't want that, right? But you still put yourselves out there, and that's an incredible thing to learn from. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your storefront because you started as e-commerce, and now you are in the flesh and bones in the storefront in Texas. And correct me if I'm wrong. It, it actually, I, I don't think I do have the town of where it's at. Is it in Brownsville or is it elsewhere? Oh, no, Brownsville. So you have it back in Brownsville. So being in like a physical location, what does that do for the brand? Like, why did you decide to move it into a physical location? You could have easily said, listen, we have Target. We have our digital storefront. We're good. But you wanted a physical storefront. Talk to us about what that does for your brand. It's all about community. Having a storefront that has its doors open allows us even more access to the community. And when we open this location, the main reason behind it and the goal of it was we can have more community-centered events. We can connect with customers more, even more so, because of course we talk to our customers online all the time and, and we absolutely love it. But having that space to be able to gather in person was what drove us to make the decision to get this location. Yep. Of course we have our products up for sale, but that wasn't the main reason behind opening the doors of this place. We wanted to do um, voter registrations and we want to have community events where we can come and just hang out and just offer wine and be like, come wine and shop with us, you know, like having those connections and being able to actually 
have extended conversations with our customers, learn from our customers. That was what was what was most important for us is when you have an in-person conversation that goes on for 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, you learn so much about why customers are reaching for our brand. And that is like invaluable information. information that we can't get from anywhere else. Like we trust the opinion of our community over everything else because this brand is so community centered. And I mean, we still ask them what products we should launch. I mean, for the target drop, we asked them without them knowing. Yep. We literally went on Instagram stories and we were like, if we were to do different necklaces, which words would you love most? Like which would mean the most to you? And mm. we put a poll. We didn't tell them it was for Target because we couldn't say anything. Um, right. But we put a little question box on Instagram and they put in their words and the word, the top words were the ones that we went for for Target. And that's what you can find at Target today. So that's amazing. What were the words out of curiosity? It's luchadora and guerrera. Guerrera. And then for the, for the earrings, chula. they picked chula. And for the hoop earrings, they picked poderosa. Mm -hmm. So they picked it. Our Such customers went on Instagram and picked what they wanted to see at Target without knowing it, but they, yeah. they did that. I love how from the very start, you focused on building community online and how that's transcended to even your biggest milestones and now to a storefront. That's like a very beautiful narrative and a very beautiful story. In all of this amazing long journey that you've had, I want to hear from both of you, what has been your biggest money learning? <laughs> One thing that we have learned is that the more your business grows, the more money it takes to keep it in business. And when we first started the business, I would spend on the business. Like I could give you like Vettel's whole paycheck. And I was like, I want this and I want that. And it has to do this. And I wasn't really understanding margins. I wasn't understanding where I was making my money back. Any of that. I just so badly wanted the business to succeed that I would have poured whatever I could into it, time and money. And as the business grows, you realize that you have to be able to have those margins to keep making money to stay in business. Because yes, your business is growing and yes, you're launching retail and you're opening a storefront. But that means we have a, a team in Austin that we have a, a, to pay. We have a PR team that we have to pay. We have 11 team members physically here that we have to pay. And you have to pay rent for your brick and mortar location and your warehouse. And you start to think about, okay, it's taking me this much money to just stay in business. What do I have to price at? What do I have to cut costs on? What do I have to promote more? And really you start to analyze where every single one of your pennies goes because you realize just how much it takes you to stay in business. Um, and I mean, being a small business is, it's hard because mm -hmm. we don't have the experience on how to run a business. You don't have the knowledge. I mean, that it's just like that simple. You don't know how to do it. You don't. And so you start to ask for help 
for me. Like, okay, like at this point, you need to have a bookkeeper because you can't keep track of all these things by yourself and really start to analyze where you're making money, which products make money. Because for example, there's certain things that I like to do that other people don't like. And I was like investing money into them and then nobody was buying it, but I Mm. loved it. So I was like, because I love it. Like I wouldn't have it on the shop. And it's like, well, you love it, but your customer doesn't. So stop spending money on that and spend money on the things that they are actually for. And so having to make all those decisions and sacrifices on where do you actually cut costs and where do you invest more money into is like the biggest advice I could ever give anybody is figure out where you can cut costs that is not going to affect the function or the feel of your business and then invest on the things that are going to make your business better. And most of the time that's people because people can do so much for you. Um, if you put the right people in the right positions, it's, it's just incredible. And you, you grow way past what you could have by yourself. Um, so I think that's what I've learned is you have to cut costs where you can, um, and then invest where you know that it's going to make your money back to stay in business. The best investments, in my opinion, are people. And you invest, obviously, your money because you want them to succeed as well, but also your time in making sure that they feel like this brand is their family. And I think that's the same level of love and commitment that we have to our customers and to our followers And that community is the same that we have to like our in-house community of our team members. Like they are the core of what we do. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we we are now without Without our team. Like they are holding us up. We are at the forefront and yes, we put in a lot of work. We did a lot, you know, we laid the groundwork and everything. But at the end of the day, when I hit, when my head hits the pillow, I'm like, thank you universe for my team. Because mm. it's a lot of it's a lot of things that happen for Jay Z to be running so smoothly. Yeah, and mm. it's and not just Sin and I working; it's everybody working behind us. That's on the power of a team and a community. Jen and Veto, thank you so much for being so candid, so transparent about your journey. I think it's what makes JZD all the more beautiful and accessible. And we'll be dropping this in December, right leading up to the holidays. So we definitely want to encourage our listeners to go check out JZD Designs, whether it's at Target, your e-commerce, or in person, should we find ourselves in Brownsville, Texas. I know that this is a hard question because it's asking you to pick your favorite child but (laughs) i do want to know what's your current favorite design in your collection you go first well these change so i'm glad you said my favorite right now because it changes like every like two weeks or something like that um but i think oh my goodness then then when we drop this in a month from now it might be a little bit but but people can reference it's like a timestamp. I think my favorite right now is the quarter sip that says Latina Power Club established 2016. And I think that was going to stay my favorite for a little while, but I love them all equally. I love. Well, for me, um, because we are in Texas and we just lost a tough, 
election. I don't know if she can say this on no, the podcast. No, I'm just going to say the gobierno. The dino tea. The dino tea. The dino mm. tea. They will <laughs> know what to look up. Dino tea. I, I, I knew I was, was going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> no, but th- but thank you so much. And we will absolutely let our listeners know where to go to check out JZD Designs. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And thank you for being so candid and for being you. You're inspiring so many people through your journey, through your candor. Um, and I really hope that we can see each other again soon in a different yes. capacity in person. Yes. yes. Please, that would be incredible. If you're ever in Brownsville. I will no. definitely find my way to Brownsville, especially now that you're looking at community events. One yes. of them moves at JZD. You got to do it. Yes. Yes. But thank you so much, Mujeres. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Thank you, mi gente, for joining us this week on Moneda Moves. Before you go, please make sure to hit follow on this podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they are released. You can follow right now in the app you're using to listen to this podcast. Also, continue keeping cuentas and keeping tabs on our Latinx community and money moves via our free newsletter written by yours truly at monedamoves.substack.com. That's monedamoves.substack.com. I'll see you there. Hasta la próxima.